You're listening to River Church Podcast. To learn more about River Church or to support us financially, please visit us online at rivercolumbia.com. We hope that you enjoy this week's message. To kick us off, this is like funny. Um, I want to share a few memes with everyone. So uh, do y'all know the memes where like the, there's like a really downcast face with like tears and then like Jesus is looking at that person. Uh, It'll make sense in a second. This one says underneath the guy with the downcast face, Donovan gets it. I love this. He says, stop giving me all your toughest battles. And then Jesus says, it's a bookcase from Ikea you bought. Why are you crying? The next one is uh, stop giving me your toughest battles. He said, it's literally eating one vegetable. That's Andrea. Yeah. Literally. This one, this one, I think is going to land pretty well. It's, uh, stop giving me your toughest battles, brownie face. It says, you chose to DIY your bathroom. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I make light of that because we're going to talk about some of the, uh, going to Ephesians where it kind of mentions talking about actual battles that we actually have to face. And I just thought that was a good way to intro us this morning. Just love it. Donovan, I appreciate you, man. I don't even know if that's what you're laughing at, but I'm just going to consider that that's what you're laughing at. Um, Today we're going to talk about prayer. It's going to be amazing. Um, Greg asked me to teach this uh, on prayer, kind of specifically about a month ago. And I got really excited. At first, I was like, dang. I was like, because I was honestly convicted, because I was like, what does my life of prayer look like? So I was just like, genuinely, like, honest auditing my life. And I was just, but then I just became really blessed by the history I have with the Lord and like things that He's revealed to me over time. And I was so excited because I wanted to, I get to like share. God's just this revelation of, of what God has shown me, but also <clears throat> my hope for today is that we would um, come into this revelation of the life that we are called to live as sons and daughters of God and of a life of prayer with him and what that means for us in like our everyday, what it means in like the grand scheme of things and all that stuff. So to kind of start us off, I wanted to, sh- to run back through Genesis to Revelation real quick. We're just going to do a little quick recap. You know, just real quick, just Genesis to Revelation. Um, so we, we, like, did a pretty deep dive at the beginning of the year through kind of like a holistic timeline of what this looks like. So just to refresh us a little bit. So God creates everything. Yes. On the seventh day, or sixth day, he creates man. Seventh day, he rests from all of his work. It's amazing. Uh God is in fellowship with man, his creation. It's beautiful. Everything's, everything's very good. Man uh, basically just sins and just doesn't do what God had asked. Just, hey, don't go eat of this tree. The fruit of knowledge is going to like be not good for you. Even Adam do that. I should say Adam and Eve, sorry. Um, and basically there's a fall of sin. And then God is now in this place of uh, reconciling, like finding a way to reconcile the world back to himself. And there's the law that's created, but that's after he basically calls out Abraham or Abram at the time. Says, "Hey, I'm going to make a, a nation out of you. 
and I'm going to bless you that, so that you can bless all the other nations. That's my heart. And so that is done very imperfectly, but we see like God's faithfulness to his people throughout all time. We go into Moses, and Moses, uh, he delivers Israel from Egypt, and he gives them the law, and then there's all the stuff that where there's uh, them trying to do what God has asked them to do, and then they just fail, and then God sends judges, and then God sends David, and uh, David is this king, and he's like this foreshadowing of what Jesus is supposed to be, but a perfect version of who God is. And so that happens, and then basically it's just like a bunch of kings that are, some are good, most of them are pretty bad, and there's prophets, and they're just and minor and major, and they're just like, hey, this is what God's saying, this is what's going to happen, and then all this happens, and it's Micah, Micah's the last one, right? There's Malachi. You know? Malachi. Malachi, there we go. There's always the M. Uh, and then there's just like this, this like a few centuries of silence where God doesn't send anybody. But then Jesus comes. And Jesus is the son of God. He is God. And he's born of a virgin. He lives this life. He gets to 30. And then all of a sudden his ministry begins. And he teaches. He, he There's a... a scripture that says that if you've seen Jesus you've seen the father and that is like what he came to show us that God is who Jesus is and what happens is that because of the law that 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 God put in place it required a sacrifice to atone for the sin of man the sin of the world Jesus takes that gladfully for us and then he resurrects from the dead three days later amazing to defeat death once and for all and then say, hey, now all of you can enter into this new covenant relationship that now you are like, you're dead to sin and you are no longer by means like bound to the law. You get to live in grace. And what that allows us to do is operate in the new creation that we have been born into that is to look just like Jesus. It's amazing. And so now, you know, we're kind of living in the meantime because there's a there's this prophecy of all these things to be revealed in Revelation um, <clears throat> where Jesus is coming back and he's going to restore everything to him. It's going to be beautiful. He's bringing uh, heaven to earth and he's going to make all things new. It's going to be amazing, beautiful. Um, but here we sit in the meantime of all this stuff, right? So kind of what I'm getting at is what is this, what does prayer have to do in like the context of all of this, right? Because it's just like, I don't know, like prayer can be kind of intimidating to me when it comes to the life of following Jesus. Because I feel like I grew up in a context where like the word of God was like what I did to connect to God. And I didn't think about like, what is God trying to tell me? It was like, oh, God's try- just trying to tell me this. And that's not to divorce yeah. prayer from your, the word of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this is not divorcing prayer from works either. This is just like an emphasis of the life of prayer that Jesus lived out. And he showed us that we can live in him and how huge and massive it is in the context of everything that like from beginning to end that is just involved in our life with God because uh, it's about like fellowship with us. Like he wants to know us. He wants us to know him. And so I'm going to read a few scriptures, kind of set us up for like what I kind of want to teach today. And so uh, 
I'm going to start out with this to show, reveal God's heart for us, just to reestablish us, is that John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us in our place, that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. That is what he desires for all humanity. Yeah. That's what he wants. Um, he did that not just so that we could be saved, but so that we could be new. Like he wanted us to, to restore us to the identity of sons and daughters of God. That's what we, God had always intended for us. It's not just us being these really good and neat people that look good and do good things. It's like, no, he wanted us to know that he is a father that loves us very much. And he displayed it through sending his son, Jesus, who is the firstborn of what we are actually called to be. To show us an example, but to also just to seat us with him in heavenly places the same way that he seated Jesus to give us the permission to like what Adam was doing, ruling and reigning on the earth. Does that make sense? So he desires for us to know that we are his children. um, But there's mission like we're involved in a in a mission. It's called the kingdom of God. And Jesus came preaching this. He said, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. It was it was kind of in place when Adam was around. It was never meant to, like, we are never meant to disconnect with God. And then, like, there is kingdom talk with uh, God speaking to Abraham. He's like, hey, there's this way that it's going to look like this. It wasn't perfect, but then Jesus came and brought the perfect thing and shows, hey, this is what the kingdom looks like. It's about the insides coming out and basically you blessing everything around you. It's beautiful. It's It's so good. It's literally the good news. It's the gospel. Um, and so, why is prayer important and how does Jesus model this for us? Well, I want to kind of emphasize this real quick because there's a story in the, in the gospels where Jesus, like, if, we, if he did what I'm about to read in here today, we would be like, I'm scared. Or like, I, I don't know what to do about what I've just seen Jesus do. But there's an account in Matthew 21. I'll just read it real quick. You don't flip there. It says, And Jesus entered the temple, and he saw... Uh, sorry. And Jesus entered the temple, and he drove out all who sold and brought into the temple... Or sold and bought into the temple. And he overturned the tables of all money changers and the seats of all who sold pigeons. And he said, It is written, My house, my house shall be called a house of prayer but you make it a den of robbers or a den of thieves. Basically being like this temple, like obviously the temple of, let's not say obviously, the temple of God was meant for worship. That's what it was established for. Jesus was in the making or the, the establishing of the temple now becoming our body. Our being was now going to be the temple of God. But in the meantime, he was a, he was a, a, legitimate Jew who followed the law. We talked about how Jesus has fulfilled the law. Mm-hmm. So he would have walked out what every Jew would walk out. Yeah. So he would worship in the temple. So he's like kind of like in in a sense talking about then and now like or then like the the den of thieves where people are basically like using the temple for what it's not supposed to be used mm-hmm. for, which is for prayer, which is for ministry. Um, but he's also talking about like us like that this is what our life is meant our a temple this temple is for like um 
shall be called a house of prayer. That's what our lives are supposed to look like. You and I, our lives are supposed to look like a house of prayer. It's awesome. It's like constant worship, constant fellowship, constant presence with God. It's amazing. So um, I've kind of broken down prayer into like these two different categories for us today. Um, because the first, I think, is it, come, it comes first because it's like Jesus came for you and me. Like he wants fellowship with you and I individually. Like he wants us collectively as a whole very much. But what, it doesn't matter if, if I don't know Jesus personally, right? Yeah. Like I want to know Jesus. So, so for example, um, prayer is for our intimacy and our fellowship with God. God wants to know you. God wants to spend time with you because he loves you so much that he sent his own son, Jesus, so that you could have relationship with him. And it's just crazy to think because, you know, we would not have a relationship with any single person in our life if we didn't know communicating with them or time spending with them. Right? Any relationship that we have with no talking would fail. I mean, it's just no time spent, nothing. There's no fruit of that relationship. And there's times when you, like, have had really good intimacy and fellowship with your friends. And, like, there's been times that's been good. And then there's times when that's fractured if you haven't done those things. And it's just like, ugh, I kind of feel like, why isn't things, like, we're not on the same page and da-da-da. It's like, well, you just, if you look, you just have to spend time or talk. Yeah. Or been honest. You know what I'm saying? And so for us, establishing that prayer is for us to um, connect with God. So Jesus shows us how prayer uh, helps us stay connected to our Father. Talking about us being children of God. To our Father through the Holy Spirit. That is very important. Because like life of prayer without the Holy Spirit can be very frustrating and rigid and like not... Uh, it can be almost like uh, fundamental versus like um, coming from this place where we just are honest with God Mm -hmm. um, as we just meet with him in his presence. So I'm going to talk about how Jesus kind of example this for us. So in Luke 3, 21, 22, I'll go there real quick. So Jesus went first for us in everything. Like he exampled everything for us. But it also is cool to think that God also exampled to Jesus. Like God spoke first to Jesus. Like before everything. And he establishes him in like his identity as the God man that Jesus was. He says, or this is the story, he says, now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from the heavens. So the heavenly, our Father, Heavenly Father, speaks this over Jesus. You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. And that's literally 
like God speaking to Jesus and for us to receive that also for us is like that's God's like speaking over us. That's the invitation is that God wants to speak to us in prayer and he does it first before Jesus even does anything kind of ministry. He like speaks to us. It's amazing. He affirms us. He says that we are his children and he's pleased with us. So like as I draw near in prayer to God, I don't have to shrink back thinking about God might not be pleased with me. I don't have to be afraid because God is pleased with me and he loves me. And so when it comes to like prayer, I feel like in my own experience, I've gone in times and I've sat with the Lord and very timidly or afraid because I was afraid I was going to be punished. Because like, well, since we last talked, I've done all these things. I've screwed up. I've done this. And then God just like, I love you, my beloved son. And that's the point of Jesus. He made a way for us to have communion with yeah. and relationship yeah. and fellowship with the Father, to have intimacy. Um, let's go to Matthew 6, 5 through 6. So this is in the Beatitudes, or sorry, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus teaching on prayer. And he says, and when you pray, you must not pray like the hypocrites, for they stand, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you like a reward, you know? <laughs> there's this, there's this, um, I, I don't want to say incentive, but there's just the reality of God. He's just so good. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the, the most we can possibly receive. He wants, he's so generous. He's so good. He's so compassionate. Yeah. He wants to like meet us where we're at and he wants to give us everything. And he already has in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, Ephesians says that we have everything yeah. already. Yeah. It's ours. And it's almost like God wants to show us that that's where we receive it, yeah. is in secret. Awesome. Because we get to know our source. We get to know our, the, the father who we get to be dependent on because I'm not self-sufficient, guys. You are not self-sufficient. Every breath I have has come from the Lord. Everything good that I have has come from the Lord. And it's amazing. And it's funny because, like, he still blesses me even though I like, can refuse at times to have time with him. But he still sustains me. He still loves me. But there's this invitation that he wants to give us. To show us like the glorious life that we can live with him and in him in Christ as we like follow Jesus. Like what we're made for, basically. We only get to receive that from him. 
And it's like, we can be unbelievably touched and blessed when we, when we come to him in secret. And I'm going to testify a little bit of that in my life in a second, but I want to read um, <clears throat> Luke 1, or sorry, Luke 11, 1 through 13, real quick. Later in 6, it talks about the, um, uh, the Lord's Prayer, which is also in the scripture. But there's an emphasis on this one part in Luke that I, I always find really interesting. Um, <clears throat> Luke. There we go. Here we go. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not to temptation. And he says this, which of you has a friend? will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. Basically, you better not wake the kids up. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you anything because, uh, or sorry, I tell you, though he will will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? So, there's, I think in another, trans, in another gospel, it talks about giving a, like, like him giving gifts to us. But Luke, it straight up just says, giving us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Meaning that, like, of the foremost of what we ask for, the best thing that we could ever ask for and receive is God's presence. It's the best thing in the world. The, the presence of Jesus, the presence of God with us, there's nothing better. Nothing. And we get just to ask for more of it. And we have to understand the reason I want to even emphasize, again, our relationship with our fathers. Because he is so good and generous. He will give us the Holy Spirit when we ask for him. He's not like manipulative and controlling where he's like, well, you know. I'll make him work for it or you know da, da, da. it's like no he just generously gives yeah. when we ask and for our hearts to trust that like when we 
sit and wait for the Lord and ask that He's going to give us what we need in His presence, in His Spirit. And there's just nothing better than that. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I have to have more of God's presence in my life. Have you tasted and seen what that is like? And does it not draw you to want more? I want more of it. Come Holy Spirit. You know, we want more. But I think there's, there's something about the secret place for us as we pursue the Lord in secret, as we seek him in secret, where we learn to be trusted in the integrity of our heart by the honest pursuit in our secret life, basically, where we do receive more and more and more and more. And it's just, the Lord says, to too much is given, much more will be given. And for us learning to like realize that prayer is this genuine pursuit of our just desire to know God and want him more and to love him and be known by him. It's what we were made for, right? Um, I wrote down like there, there's a scripture in, in James that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's like there's this literal, this, this um, encounter we receive as we in our hearts that are honest pursue God in faith, in secret, where he's going to reward us with more of himself. And so for us to allow our, our minds to be renewed in prayer is that we have to realize that this gift of prayer that we allow ourselves to interact with on a daily basis is for us to remain connected to the presence of God. Yeah. Jesus talked about like awesome. this being a house of prayer, like our whole life is just about being consumed by the presence of God. Yeah. And all the glorious things that come with that, you know, it's like the things that, I mean, I've been so blessed by just being in God's presence and him speaking to me and him like imparting like on my life truth that I need to be established and strong in him to walk the life that Jesus is because I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that uh, I'm reminded of is John 15. I think, so <clears throat> in 2016, I moved to England, and I was really f- a really frustrated Christian at the time because I was starting to get this uh, revelation about the Holy Spirit in my life, and I was like, I feel like I'm not encountering it. I don't feel like I really know it. It was all head knowledge, a lot of head knowledge, just a lot of it. Yeah. But there was nothing going on in here. I mean, it was just like frustration. I was depressed. Um, I was, I was, I, I felt like I was hopeless. It was, it was a very disturbing feeling because I feel like I, I like I have the answer, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I have the answer at all. Yeah. And I, f- I don't feel like this is the life I'm supposed to be living. So what's the deal? So, I mean, the Lord called me to take a step of faith and move uh, to England. And I remember one in the first year I was there, God was doing so much stuff. But even over there, I was like, I don't even believe God speaks to me. Like, just so deceived by the lie of, like, religion of almost, like, I really did believe that I had to be good enough to, like, receive God's presence versus just ask and, like, just trust that he's a good dad. Um, and I remember the Lord putting 
this in front of me about, it was John 15 where Jesus talks about us abiding in him. And then like we produce fruit in our life. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spoke to me and I was just like, oh yeah, I guess he does kind of talk to me. (laughs) Like deceived myself out of believing that God actually speaks to me. Um, But he... reminded me or he just like convicted me that I put so much emphasis on the of producing fruit in my own life Mm -hmm. and he was just like you just have to learn how to abide yeah it's so good it's good it's like I want to yield so much fruit it's just like the zeal that we have a genuine love for God but then we forget that but the means of which we produce that fruit is just fellowship with him And prayer is this this necessary thing for us to remain in him. How do you feel about me? You know, genuinely, like I I show up so many times to seek him when I'm just like, I just feel like that striving bit in me wants to just... I make sure I had all my ducks in a row, all my T's crossed, all my eyes dotted. I got to do everything right. And then it's just like, it's the gospel that he loves me. Yeah. And then my, the prayer from that place allows me to come before him as his actual kid with childlikeness yeah, and so say, right. I need you. Yeah. I need your presence. Yeah. Um, I need certain things in my life, right? Like I need, you know, X, Y, Z. And he gives those things to me. And I can just trust that he's a good dad who's going to take care of me, right? And so for us, um, I really want to stir up our hearts to, um, and, and honestly, just renew our minds in what prayer actually is for us to, to realize. It's not this burden of like time spent. It's like it's life. Like I have to be in communion with God at all times. Or else I just wither. Yeah. Genuinely. It's like, you know, you, you can feel it. You're like, why am I so anxious right now? It's like, you haven't spoken to God in four days. But guess what? You, you check the box. You read your Bible that morning. Good job. I feel that all the time. It's not to say that that was in vain at all. Yeah. Just to just say, again, not divorcing the two. Just saying, like, I'm supposed to live with God. Yeah. And this fellowship with him, and it's just like, it's very, it's, it's, it can be very clear when I'm just not communing with him. Yeah. Right? So I want to talk about the reward a little bit. Um, in Genesis 15.1, let's go back to Abraham. God says, I'm your shield, Abraham, and I'm your very great reward. So Jesus kind of alludes to this reward when he speaks about prayer again, um, saying like, hey, I'm gonna, when you seek God in secret, he's going to reward you with himself um it's beautiful and to go into a little more scripture if you guys don't mind going with me to psalm 16 we're gonna go to david crazy is David again David is old covenant like he abided by the law in the old covenant but he had some glimpses of stuff that 
I mean, the way he the way he writes and responds to God mm-hmm. is just like, man, the thing is just, you're kind of almost being able to tap into some of the stuff that yeah. Jesus like had for us. And like yeah. the way that he communicates to God through his song and prayer yeah. is just like like he couldn't even have as much as we have access to today. Right. And yet this is his response to like God's presence and all these other things in his life. So let's read Psalm 16 real quick. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God. I have no good apart from you. That is not lip service. That is literally a response, worship, response to the glory of God, the presence of God, and being like, I just... There's an, I have no good apart from you. I mean, that has been a testimony of my heart when I'm in God's presence. I'm like, I don't, there's nothing else I need besides you. Everything, everything, everything that's good in my life is you. It doesn't matter if I'm on like the mountaintop or the valley. It's just like, you are it. I have yeah. no good apart from you, right? Let's keep going. <clears throat> As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply their drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. That's amazing. Again, if you've, considered or been in God's presence, there's something of this that you're just like, yeah. This is a testimony in my own heart. Like, I know this to be true because I've tasted and seen how beautiful of inheritance I have in the, in God. It's amazing. Um, I bless the Lord with, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel and the night also my heart instructs me. I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon me or my soul to Sheol or let your Holy one see corruption. You make known to me the path of life In your presence. There's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I'm going to read uh, Psalm 27 4 real quick. <clears throat> Again, this is David's testimony, his heart. One thing have I seeked after, or asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Um, the those two scriptures for me have been like humongous in my life concerning prayer just I mean in general but like, again we're specifically talking about prayer um, because as I have accepted God's invitation to like seek him with all of my heart this is where I've been left is that this, these testimonies of David in worship, I very much agree with. 
because I've experienced them. Like, he is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Have you experienced the kindness of God? His mercy? I shouldn't have it this good. But I have it really good. I have it really good. And it's just because I have him. And everything else in my life is just awesome. It's a bonus. And when it's not, man, I just get the, he just allows me to feel the goodness of who he is. And it's enough. It's more than enough. I mean, the testimonies of saints throughout, like, history testify to this. Stephen, when he's being stoned for preaching the gospel, his eyes are lifted up to heaven and he sees Jesus standing and gazing at him. And he's just like asking God to forgive these people and being like, I see the Lord. There's so much fulfillment. There's so much glory. There's so much contentment in his heart. We're just like, how can a person live in such like, uh, What's a good word? Like just suffering, but yet their testimony is that it's good. Only in God's presence. (laughs) Only in God's presence. It's a it's it's incredible. Like when he when David says, You make known me the path of life, I can testify of that in God's presence. Like God has revealed that to me through prayer. As I've like, as He's spoken to me, as He's shown Himself to me in his, His presence, like I have seen that that is true. Like, I know I have life in him. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. I mean, it's just just hard not to smile when you're in the presence of the Lord. I, I genuinely sometimes find it hard when people just are just very stoic all the time. They're just like... I just, I'm like, I don't know what you're considering, but I, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm experiencing the Lord right now, and I'm very happy. I'm not saying that's all the time, but I'm saying like, there's, there's a very realness to the fact that as we pursue God, as we say and commune with Him in prayer and talking to Him and letting Him talk to us, we experience the joy of the Lord, and that is our strength. Amen. Um, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I mean. There's no better pleasure than being in God's presence. I don't have to look anywhere else. I don't have to seek anywhere else to find pleasure than that of the God of the universe, my creator, my dad, the love of my life, being with me at all times. Is that not amazing? It is just so good. It's so good that David gets naked and he dances because he gets to have God's presence back in Israel. He's like, you know what? Yeah. That's what he does. So I'm just, yeah. Um, but I mean, that is literally his response to God's presence. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like it is such a wonderful thing. And it's just like, so sad that we have that available and we don't draw near to it. Yeah. Or like 
we just dip in for like, even if it's like an hour in the morning, it's like, dang, I had a good quiet time. And then we're just like, turn it off for the rest of the day. It's like, I can literally just talk to God at all times. If I'm worried, Lord, I just like, I think it's Philippians or Timothy Philippians. It's like, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And he talks about us like receiving this peace of God that surpasses understanding. It's like, whoa. Like, I don't want anxiety. I want peace. It's like, all I do is talk to you. You know? It's like, I don't have to have it. I want want his presence. It's the best thing. And as I pray, I am realigned in my heart to understand that he is with me. He's for me. He's not against me. He loves me. He's working all things together for good. And as I start praying, all this truth that the Holy Spirit is bringing to my heart, yeah. like Jesus said, yeah. starts to flood me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, man, like, why am I not praying always? <laughs> like, First Thessalonians says, literally Paul writes, says, pray always. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. <laughs> don't, never stop praying. And guess what? You don't have to go to a temple anymore because you are the temple. Yeah. You're where God remains. It's just that we have a choice to either acknowledge it or not. And prayer is like the primary way we get to acknowledge that God is genuinely with us. (laughs) I love it so much. Dang. Um, God's presence is the highest priority in our prayer. In prayer, like him, it's it's not even my request, genuinely. It is him. It's that I get him. And because he's good dad, he gives me what I need. Yeah. Right? So to have him near, to enjoy him, like just to enjoy him. Like I don't always have to go to God to pray when I just need something from him. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of sad. That's kind of, I'm deceived if I think that mm-hmm. he's just this like cosmic slot machine where I'm just like, all right, gonna throw one up. <laughs> Hope I get the car. <laughs> you know, like I, I genuinely just want to spend time with him. Yeah. Right? I get to enjoy him yeah. walking in the cool of the day. Yeah. Genuinely just getting to be with him is everything. It's like when I go hunting, it's like sometimes I do get way too serious about, I got to kill this deer. But there's other times I'm just like, I'm just like, I can be out there and I'm just enjoying his creation. I'm just realizing like, oh, I'm talking to you. Like, yeah. It's like, I love you so much. Thank you for everything. You're so blessed. Thank you for everything, Lord. You're just so good. Yeah. I just love you. Oh, there's a deer? Nice. You created that thing. <laughs> Bye, I love you. Because <laughs> he provides for us. Amen? Yeah. Hey, thank you, Lord. Yes, yada. Um, I barack the Lord. I barack. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, to be loved by him and to love him in a very real way. You know, like the, the Lord wants to speak to you the Lord wants to speak to you. It, prayer is not this one-way thing where we're just like, all right, you're going to do it sometime, I guess. I don't know. Or it's just like, what's going on? Or what direction do I need to go in? Or it's like he wants to talk to us. He sh- literally, he shows that in the life of Jesus. The first thing, he's like, hey, I'm, I love you. You're my beloved son. I have a really funny story. In that season I talked about when I was kind of like super depressed and just trying. <laughs> I was just deceived i remember i was in counseling at the time 
and I was just like frustrated because I, I was talking to the counselor and he, I was just like, I don't feel like God talks to me. He was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was just like, yeah, you know, da, 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 da. And then I go on my way back. I'm driving. <clears throat> and I was like, God, if you have anything to say, what would you say? And all I share is I love you. And I was like, of course you'd say that. What else? <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, it's like that wasn't what I needed. It's like I needed to know that he loved me. And I wouldn't even accept it. Because I was so deceived that he wasn't my dad. That just loved me and wanted to be with me. I was so like working to like do all this good stuff that I just missed the whole point in the first place. And so like I can just receive when I go into pray with him in secret, like trusting that it's like in his presence, he's going to speak to me because he loves me. And it's not always because like, and our mind needs to pass to be renewed. And the fact that if God speaks to me, it's because it's going to be because he has to tell me something that I'm going to do. Cause I've been like, I've worked myself up in thinking that every time God speaks to me, he's just going to command me to go sacrifice something. Yeah. I got to go sell my car now. So I like, and there's this really weird, like, there's this really weird, like, yeah. it's not that he can, he can't say that. It's just that my mind is so, um, uh, has been deceived by this, what, what's been painted to me through this like really weird leaven of like uh, a weird sacrifice that like I have to sacrifice to please God versus like God has, his pleasure is in Jesus and I am in Christ and that I walk with him in fellowship and if he does ask me to do something, it's, it's for my good. And it's not because like he's going to, hide his face from me because I am disobedient. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't have to fear punishment. Yeah. And so it's like, good or bad. So it's like, every time I draw near to God, it's, it's good because I've been really obedient. Right. Or if it's like, oh man, I don't want to, it's like, no, it's like, no. I genuinely just get to like, sit with the Lord. And have you ever just let him speak good things about you? Seriously. Like your right to have the last word about yourself or your circumstance is just not from the Lord. And you have to let him speak in. Like we don't get to do that. It's not, it's, it's not like I get to have that. It's like I can, but do I want to just continue to live like miserably? Or can I actually allow the Holy Spirit to instruct me? And let him speak to me in truth. I hope that thing doesn't go. I know. I thought you were about to. <laughs> like two times in one year, that'd be that'd be pretty bad. Talk about my seat busting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. They cracked. But yeah, we we are allowed to like enter into rest by listening to God's word. Hebrews four talks about this. Like yeah. while the day is still today, listen to what God's saying to you, yeah. and that doesn't just mean like do your chores list of things to do. It's like, I have the words of life. Let them enter into you today and remain in those things. And that does mean being obedient as well. Like go bless someone, you know, operate like Jesus would. If he's calling you to do something, do it. But like, it's about, we're talking about fellowship right now. Right. And as we receive, um, I'm going to read the scripture real quick. Isaiah 30, 21. This is really cool. It's talking about New Covenant, like what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes. And it's just really encouraging because it's like, this is true. 
All right. Where are you at? All right. I'll, I'll start at 19, actually. 30, 19 to 21. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. Oh. Yeah. That makes me want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it has begun. Um, as soon as he hears it, he answers you. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> and though the Lord give you adversity, or the bread of adversity, and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall, shall see your teacher. And your ear shall hear a word coming from behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. I'm just like so grateful that he like allows us to find him. And he like wants to speak to us. Like I didn't think it was this good and it is. It's yeah. way better than I think it is yeah. still. So I'm constantly being drawn into more glory with him as I just continue to seek him. And it just keeps getting better. Yeah. It genuinely does. As I allow him to talk to me, let him speak to you. He has the words of eternal life. He is the word of God. Yeah. We know this, right? Like he is the word, Jesus. And he wants to come into our hearts and show us eternal life and give us eternal life. Um. <clears throat> Let's go to John 15, 17 real quick. So there's a lot of scripture. Uh, so Jesus is talking about, um, before I get to that, I'm just going to talk about this for a second. Our it's important as we do this, we realize that when you spend time with God, you become like him. Is this weird that? And so even when our prayers are, <clears throat> can honestly be kind of selfish. It's like, man, Lord, I'd really love for you to give me that thing. That'd be awesome. God does, God's not intimidated. He's not, like, he's not like thrown off by that. I don't believe, I think he's, he, like, is, he likes the interests of our heart. They're just not the priority sometimes to him. Right? It's just like, you don't, you don't need this. You know? But he desires, he puts things inside of us that we desire. Like, he, he enjoys that. But it's not like, necessarily, those are always like the priority to him. Because again, we're about his kingdom. Right? It's about his kingdom coming. His will being done. And so as we spend time with him, we start to realize like what he's like. And then our prayers start to become a little bit different. Because we start to be, in, our hearts become informed with what his desires are, what his interests are. And there's, it becomes so almost unbearable at times that we pray what God wants. Like our desires have, or his desires have now become ours. And so as we like pray and talk and do all these things and we receive God in his presence, what happens is like we start just looking like Jesus. And Jesus, in 2 Corinthians uh, 15, or sorry, 5, 
16 through 6, 2, talks about God reconciling the world to himself. And first of all, we were part of that. Like God reconciled us to, Jesus reconciled us to God. We had become new creations. And so we partake in that as we fellowship. But as we do that, we realize that his spirit lives in us and his spirit is trying to do the same thing it did for us to other people. It's like, it's not just like me and this like, presence party over here just like yeah just don't care about anything else it's like no like now i'm i have entered into this this like this uh family and this kingdom where the spirit is zealously searching the earth for someone who wants to like what car talking about partner with to fulfill and bring the kingdom that jesus spoke that was available through us preaching of the word yeah. and being the light of the earth and the salt of the earth, you know, light of the world, salt of the earth. It's, that's what he's called us to, right? And so we're going to transition to this next little part, but I want to read uh, John fifteen seventeen real quick. It says this. This is really cool. Pretty cool stuff here. And it's really convicting. John 17 says this. Oh, whoops. Oh, here it is, 16, sorry, not 17. Said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that the fruit, that your fruit should bear, or sorry, should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. It's kind of a bold truth. <laughs> that whatever I ask in Jesus' name, he would give it to me. But it kind of flows with this idea of, like, as we abide in him, like, truly abiding in God as we ask, like, we would receive what he wants to give to us, right? And that kind of flows into this next part of us talking about intercession and partnership with God, about there's this, like, God is very passionate about humanity seeing him as as who he is because he wants to he wants everyone to have life in him. He wants every person to be saved. That is God's will. We know this, yeah. that every person would know the love of God, yeah. that they, he would be Lord of their life. He wants every person to experience the love that he has for them. And so as we have come in, as we have been reconciled to God, now we are a part of reconciling the world to him. So let's go into 2 Corinthians 5. It's about to get saucy. Come on. I love it. I was getting I was getting stirred. I was getting stirred up in my room this weekend. I was like, all right, Lord. Let's do this thing. Alright, y'all ready? I mean, uh five sixteen. And then the title, you know, this chapter is Our Heavenly Dwelling. I mean, it's just Beautiful. Thank you, Lord. All right. <clears throat> Start at 16. Y'all ready? Y'all want this thing? Come on. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Very important. We'll come back to that a little bit later. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is now a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, 
who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Us. That is, that's what it is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal uh, through us. We implore, again, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God continually. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working, working together with him, working together with him, working together with him, working together with him, working together with him. (laughs) Then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So God is like saying, hey, there's this thing that I was doing already and you're not, you've been included in that and now you're just going to partner with me and continuing to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I've recognized that if others did not mm-hmm. partner with God to reconcile me to the world, then I would not be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Or sorry, reconcile me to Christ. Like I wouldn't, that wouldn't, my, I would not be up here right now. Right. I don't know where I'd be. I don't want to know. Because I want to be here. And God is like, we just have to see that. That is God's heart. Is now that we are, he's reconciling the world to God through Christ. With us working together with him. And so, as much of it is like, good works and loving each other, which is a part of this. Like, I want us to really zone in on like the prayer and intercession of of our our role as Christ yeah. in the earth, yeah. because in Hebrews it talks about Jesus being this intercessor, yeah. and what an intercessor is, got right down right here, is someone who appeals on the behalf of another, pleading on behalf of someone else. <clears throat> in Hebrews seventy five. 75. There's no. There's no 75. Are you kidding me? 725. Hold up. Let me get this real quick. I'm going to read this. You don't have to flip there. Don't worry about flipping there. 725. It says this. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. It says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is, has always been and will always be interceding for us. Yeah. Right now, Jesus is interceding for us as we receive the word. He's, he, right now, Jesus is praying at the, at the right hand of God. He's praying for us. He's appealing to God for us that we would see him. And if that's not enough, Romans 8.26 says that the, the spirit prays for us. And groaning's too deep for words. It says that he's, he, right now, the Spirit of God is praying for us on our behalf. And so Jesus lives to pray and intercede at all times so that 
the world would be reconciled to him. Is that not amazing? Did you know that you can, like, know what God's praying? Genuinely. Like, you can tap into what Jesus is praying for. So I don't have to come to God and have a list of things. I can just say, hey, what are you praying? Because I went in on that. I'm for real. Because you know what abiding looks like? That. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can do the works of Christ as we pray and see the glory of God come in, like, what he does. And there's times genuinely when God just wants you to pray for someone. He doesn't want you to, like, go and... I mean, as zealous as I was to, to preach the gospel, there's probably... I'm, gen, I'm, I'm so serious. I'm probably sure that 75% of the time I was just supposed to pray for someone. I'm not even lying. And I, like, would cram the gospel. And, be like, you, you know, and it was almost out of place of fear. Because yeah. I was like, what if they don't? You know, it's like I'm never supposed to be operated by fear. Yes. I'm just supposed to partner with God. I don't have to play the what if game. I just do what God says. Right? Yep. And that, then I can actually walk in peace. Yeah. I don't have to be like all bound up and like, like knotted up and thinking about, you know, this could be what if this happens, what if this happens. Well, guess what? God works all things for good for those according, for those who believe in him. And it's like we are going to constantly be renewed in that. And so I can trust that as I pray with God, I'm partnering with him to do his will. And there, there, there is an urgency of us to, like the call to prayer, yeah. to pray. Mm-hmm. It, I, I just don't think if we don't pray, I don't think something's happening, genuinely. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a story in a little bit, basically where Jesus resurrects Lazarus. But he's talking about, basically like, tells Mary if she believes, she'll see the glory of God. It's like, well, if she doesn't believe. <laughs> I don't know. But he told her to believe, you know? And Jesus is constantly, there's like, I genuinely, there's probably, there's several pieces of scripture in the gospels where Jesus says, wherever you ask of me, I'm, we'll do it. The Lord will do it. I promise. Yeah. But he says, believe. And so for us, um, I can't remember where this piece of scripture is, but y'all, I'm, if you don't haven't heard this, this is a beautiful piece of scripture. It says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And there's none more powerful and effective than that of a person who is righteous because they just are connected to God. That is your righteousness. Like abiding in him, knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, obeying him, walking in him, walking in holiness. That those, those prayers are powerful and effective, and we get to see real change yeah. on earth. We actually get to see the kingdom of God come. I want to see the kingdom of God come. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I want it so badly. And there's times when my heart has to get corrected because I want other things in that. But I genuinely, desperately want to see the kingdom of God come. I want to see my brother be saved. I want to see another brother come home. I want to see my sister become pregnant. I want to see like peace on earth. 
I want to see breakthrough in the lives of so many of us. I want to see debt eradicated. I want to see healing. I want to see the glory of God come into the earth. Right? I forgot to mention this earlier, but there's a scripture in, uh, in Revelation 11. You'll have to go there. But basically, <clears throat> it talks about, in, in the end, that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And that is our heart, is that everything would rightfully be his in the name of Jesus. That we would see order put in right place as Jesus becomes Lord and he's glorified in the earth. You know, like right order. As his glory comes, things just get established how they're supposed to. And that means that we don't have to figure everything out either. We just can partner with him and ask that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. That his glory would manifest itself in our lives, in the lives of those we love. And as he continues to, like, his presence continues to fill the earth. And that's just just what's going to happen, right? Um, So I want to talk a tiny bit about uh, some examples of Jesus' intercession. <clears throat> Let's go to Luke 22, 31 through 34. This is crazy. This is, again, these are, I want to show us the examples of this. And I did forget something earlier, including our, our fellowship and intimacy of God. There's countless times in Scripture when Jesus, it's, it's accounted that Jesus said it. he went away to pray. Yeah. He, like, literally left the disciples. He just, he, they're probably trying to follow him. He's like, <laughs> like, he went to seek time, genuinely. So there's times that he was probably still doing his, like, Jewish rabbi stuff where he would go to the temple as he ought to. But he would go away to pray with God and get time with him. Yeah. Right? And that's an example for us of what that can look like in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Luke 22, 31 through 34. Let's see. I mean, I still, I still get shifted around here, trying to figure out where the heck these books can be sometimes. <laughs> Luke. Luke's hitting home right now because me and Nikki are watching Gilmore Girls. <clears throat> so all I can think about is, is Luke from the diner. Anyways, Luke 22, 31 to 34. Y'all, this is, this is genuinely, like, crazy to think about. This is nuts. This is wild. So, God, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you, that you might sift, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed. For, your ma- or, or for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And then Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both the prison and to death. And he says, I tell you, Peter, that um, the rooster will not crow this day until you've denied me three times. So he's just like kind of prophesying what's to come. But he's also saying like, hey, the adversary, the devil, that actually opposes every person on earth 
to prevent them from receiving the life that God has for them, to knowing Jesus. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, First Peter 5 says. And Jesus, example of intercession, on behalf of us, says, no, you may not have him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I can't imagine what Satan's probably tried to do to me. <laughs> this is just as honest as I can be. I remember um, there was a time, it was 2014, and I was, I was considering like killing myself. And I prayed a really just the weirdest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. <laughs> and genuinely, I'm like, the Lord... He stepped in, genuinely. It's like, I don't, he did it. And I can't imagine, because of how I felt, what was probably, like, yeah. distorting my mind and wanting me to, to die. But Jesus, like, stepped in. Mm-hmm. He got interceded for me. I know he did. Because yeah. he lives to do it. Because yeah. he cares for me. Awesome. And it's just like, you... This is an example of what he, like him actually doing that for Peter and like yeah. understanding that we, yeah. so much of our life, we don't even have to consider that stuff because Jesus steps in the gap and just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like consider that. And then consider that your prayer has the exact same power to prevent whatever cause the enemy has schemed so that we have, can continue to have life or others, mm-hmm. primarily, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're called into an intercession is to join God also in that. Yeah. Um, let's go to uh, John 17. As we do, I'm going to consider um, Ephesians 6 where it says this. <clears throat> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against uh, spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, we take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. We have a literal enemy that wants to destroy everything. Wants to destroy you. And we're not against people anymore. We're not against flesh and blood. We're against the principalities of the air that want to bring destruction and death into every single life on earth. And Jesus is standing in the gap and he's wanting us to join and partner with him to say, no, there will not be destruction. There will not be death. There will be life. Yeah. My kingdom will come yeah. as we partner with him, right? <clears throat> And that just helps put things in perspective when we pray because I don't have to, I can like bless my enemy now because I'm not against them, I'm for them. Someone who like caused me to have a bad day intentionally, it's like I can like bless that person because though there's like a fallen state, like they're made in the image of God and I can now pray because God's heart for them is that they would be saved and redeemed and reconciled to God. And so our hearts cry out with God for people to be one with Christ, right? All right. John 17. Oh, man. That's a long one. Let's flip there real quick. 
<clears throat> this is like literally an insane chapter that changed my life because I realized that Jesus was praying for me. Yeah. So let's read this. I'm going to try to do this quickly. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him the authority over all flesh to give him eternal life to all those you've given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you. <clears throat> Oops. Where's, where's they, they know you. Hold on. The only true God and Jesus Christ, him you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I want that glory. I want to, be, I want to partake in that. <clears throat> I've manifested your name to the people whom you have gave me out of the world. Yours, yours they were. And you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. It's, I mean, it's amazing. I'm praying not... Uh, I'm praying, I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All are my, all are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Which is just a crazy thing to think about. The unity that we can partake in. That's, Jesus prayed that, so that means it's possible. For us to be unified with each other as the Godhead three and one is unified with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Just consider that at some point. <laughs> Not right now. Um, let's see. There we go. Thank you. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them. and Not one of them has been lost except the son of the church that the, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world. Uh, that they may ha uh, have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world, the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. So there's no more of this like, all right, let's hold on till Jesus comes back. It's like, no, just get in. Just like get into the world and be Jesus. That's, what, that's literally what Jesus is praying. Like, go to the darkest place and be the light. That's what he's, he's like praying for the disciples. He's like, don't make it comfortable. Let them go to the worst places on earth and preach the good news that every person would be reconciled to me. It's amazing. No comfy prayers. Um, let's see. There we go. 16, is that right, Emma? They're not of the world, just as I'm out of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth as you sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask just for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And that, as soon as they pray that, boom, you and me included in that. Literally, that prayer yeah. was for us. I always get just bewildered by that. I'm like amazed because I'm like, the life I live today was on the back end of that prayer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and generations have been impacted by just those words right there. It's so amazing. 
Um, <clears throat> the glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I am in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. The, she's trying to get the point across that this is the reality that we can live in, that we would be one as he is one with him. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you've loved me before the foundation of the world. That is another just crazy thing that God would share. He would not withhold the glory that God has given him, but we would partake in the glory and the presence of God that he designed for us. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and know those who you sent to me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be with them, and I or sorry, may love me may be in them, and I in them. It's just, I mean, that's the literally God's heart on display is that He's praying, reconciling the world to Himself. Um, and let's quickly flip to John eleven real quick. <clears throat> And uh, I'm going to skim through this first part. But uh, basically, Lazarus dies. His friend, like a beloved friend of Jesus, dies. And his sister's like, uh, how could you let this happen, basically? And Jesus says, this illness does not lead to death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus, we've heard taught, and if you haven't, the... Jesus says that he only does what he sees and hears the Father doing. Which means somehow Jesus wasn't supposed to heal him in that moment. Which is, if he was, he would have done it. He would have heard the Father hear He would have seen it or heard it from the Father. And then a few days later, like, he's going into the town. Like, the Spirit is leading Jesus to Lazarus. And he's fixing to, like, resurrect him from the dead. And it says, then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. Or sorry, take away the stone. Martha. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Dang. (laughs) Grammar's important. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. For he had been dead for four days. Like, there's like a thing with, like, I'm not going to get into that because I can't describe it very well. All right, so there's going to be an odor. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Going back to us hearing from Jesus saying, like, hey, if you believe, like, you can ask for anything. and It's going to be given to you, right? So they, they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes. So Jesus actively interceding right here. And listen what the first, wor- the first words he says. Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. That's so encouraging. Because I, I can, we can testify to that. God has never not heard us. Yeah. Father, you hear me. You've always heard me. But he said, he said, but I said this on account of people standing around so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried aloud, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with his hands and feet bound within linens and his face wrapped within a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. (coughs) 
God is looking for us to partner with him in prayer for the world. Um, I want to just testify real quickly of the, a few testimonies I have in my own life of seeing this, like, the fruit of intercession. Um, when I was 21, I remember my sister just had been kind of, like, grappling with the idea, but never, hadn't been, like, hadn't been saved. She didn't know God. And I remember... I would wake up every morning at like five or six and I'd spend time in the word, but then I'd get on my face in my room. And that, I mean, that was genuinely one of the most sweet times I've ever experienced in my entire life because I won. I just met God. Yeah. It was just like, he's here. And I, his presence is in my room. And this is like, it was like the first time I'd actually kind of experienced that. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and it was so amazing and so glorious and like satisfying. I was like, this is incredible. This is what you have for me. And I remember praying and being like, Lord, save my sister. I want her to be saved. I want her to know you so badly because I was experiencing all the things that God wanted to give to me. And it's like, he wants to give that to her. And I'd be like, Lord, save my sister. Save Kessler. Save Kessler. And I remember it was like in April of like, I can't remember. No, maybe it's summertime. I don't remember. It was 2013, and I was, I was, um, my sister was visiting, and she was at a service uh, at New Spring, and I was like, I literally walked out of the room, and I think I just went and prayed while she was in there. And then I remember going into the service, and the Lord was like, go talk to her. And I was like, all right. So I took her out of the service, brought her into the care room, and I was like, this is the gospel. And in that moment, she just broke and got saved. I mean, she literally just received Jesus into her heart in that moment. And I remember thinking about that and being like, like God encouraging me, like, you partnered with me to do this. And I was so encouraged. And I could, I mean, the same thing for my mom and dad. I remember when I was like in college still and the Lord was just like, pray, pray, pray. And I, this is so funny. I was, I like, shh. <laughs> we lived in like the epitome of a shoebox with like, a, we named a spider called Tina and there's roaches everywhere. One morning there was like ants in the guy's cereal and he kept eating it. That's how gross we lived in college. Um, and I remember, this is so funny, but this, to set it up, I was just so desperate to, to want the Lord and see him move in my family. All the other rooms were occupied at the time. And so me and my buddy slept on a pull-out couch just together. We'd just be like, me and Austin Duffy just would like, but every night before we went to bed, we'd pray together. <laughs> and I remember praying for my sister. I remember praying for my family. And, that, and within that year, both all of them, like wow. my mom, my dad, and Kessler gave their lives to Jesus. And it was just like so like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, there's another moment. I remember um, when I was living in England, I, was, I had like a 15-minute like bike ride to, to work. And I think I was walking that day, actually. And I was, we've just been like encouraged in our meeting the night before of like, like, what if we just prayed for people? And I was like, yeah, yeah, what if we just prayed for people? And I was just getting so worked up because I was like, God can do it. He can do it. He will do it. And I was just, and then I was faced with the reality of like, you're never going to do it or not. And I saw this guy walking down the road with a limp. 
And I was like, hey, man, are you okay? He was like, no, I got beat up last night. I was like, oh, God. He, like, got thrown in a, some, a shrub and, like, slept there all night. And he was walking back oh and just got, like, I mean, he wasn't, like, brutal where he's, like, you're, you're really in trouble. It's like, he just got messed up a little bit. Anyways, so I'm like, hey, well, the, dude, this is, I want to just tell you about Jesus. And I'd love if I could actually, like, pray for you. He was like, okay. And I was like, sweet. And I was like, all right, Lord. <laughs> and I was like, Lord Jesus. And I just started interceding for him. Yeah. And I was praying for him. And I literally, I was like, how's it feel? And he was like, it's healed. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, just a stop to him. I was like, it worked. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I just, I literally, it, I didn't even like, I got his number and stuff to follow up with him. But I just remember walking, like walking away and turning back and being like, He's just trying to get out of that. And I walk back. He's like perf- walking perfectly. Oh, and I was just like, the Lord does it. So he wants to partner with you. Mm-hmm. He wants to see lives changed by the way that we intercede and pray on behalf of other people. Mm-hmm. He desperately wants you to be drawn into the secret place and to be praying so that you would know him and have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. Desperately wants that. And so um, I've, I figured that today I would close with um, just blessing us. I would love for us to uh, just receive more of this and honestly just receive like this call from God that we're called to this lifestyle. Yeah. This is not like a compartmentalized part of like mm-hmm. – I'm talking about compartmentalizing your, just your mornings or your evenings. I'm talking about this is a lifestyle. Like every moment, we are called to have fellowship and intercede on the behalf of others.